Warning. The Christian Patriot Report is a no-holds-barred, unapologetic show that will easily trigger those that get offended by the truth. Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised. And welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm your host, Don Gardner, and on today's show, we're going to talk about has America become a pagan nation? Is American government funding gain-of-function research again? And will there be a run on the border since President Biden allowed Title 42 to expire? All that and more right here on the Christian Patriot Report. You don't want to miss this. Welcome, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. I'm, of course, your host, Don Gardner. And what if I told you that America is no longer a Christian nation? Now, I know what you're thinking, because that's a scary thought and a frightening thought to think about if you are, in fact, a born-again Christian, because I remember listening to presidents of the United States give their State of the Union address, and they always called America a Christian nation because at the founding of this country, you can consider America a Christian nation. That is the most dominant religion at the founding of this country. It was Christianity. And you can read things like the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, and you can see just how many times the Founding Fathers mentioned God in those writings. And whether you believe that the Founding Fathers were Christians or the one thing you cannot deny is that they were men of faith, some kind of faith. But, you also hear this phrase called the battle for the soul of America. You hear President Biden say that. As a matter of fact, that's a phrase he used in his campaign ad when he announced that he was running for re-election for president. We are fighting for the soul of America. But I remember the first time I heard that phrase, it came from conservative talk radio hosts like Mark Levin, I've even heard Dan Bongino say it, and the late, great Rush Limbaugh heard him say it, Michael Savage, and the list goes on and on, even to Sean Hannity. You hear that phrase, the battle for the soul of America. And when you think about that, you always think about patriots, true American patriots, stopping tyranny 
from coming into America, stopping communism, stopping uh, socialism, stopping now liberalism. But if I, what if I told you that that's not what we're that's not what we're stopping anymore? Because you see, we're going off of what the world's definition for for the soul is that word soul because if you take a look at the Merriam-Webster's definition for the word soul it's an immaterial essence animating principle or actuating cause of an individual life but what you have to realize is that the real definition is more spiritual because if you look into the Bible, the Bible gives their definition of what a soul is. And you can find it in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, which says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So our soul comes from God. Even a soul of something like America, the idea of America, that soul came from God. Because at the founding of this country, we were considered a Christian nation. But what if I told you that America isn't a Christian nation anymore, but instead has become a pagan nation ever since the 1960s. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly happened in the 1960s that changed America, or at least started the transformation of America from a Christian nation to a pagan one? We're going to get to that in the next segment. Because in the next segment, we're going to talk about exactly what that transformation was, what it looked like, and what events caused the further transformation of America from a Christian nation to now a pagan one. And in the end of the next segment, we will mention exactly what we as Christians and what we as a nation need to do in order to transform it back because that is a possibility. But we'll get to that in the next segment because we're going to go to break. So we'll be right back right after this. Is it possible that behind the events, moments and changes that are transforming America and the world and affecting our lives is a mystery? Could this mystery go back to ancient times, to the incense offerings of ancient Rome, the processions of ancient Babylon, the tablets of ancient Assyria, and ceremonies of ancient Sumer? In his most explosive book ever, Jonathan Kahn unveils the shocking secrets that are changing your world. The Return of the Gods by New York Times bestselling author Jonathan Kahn is so astonishing and revealing that no description here can possibly do it justice. Could there be more to the news and what's happening in the world than you see with your eyes? The Return of the Gods by Jonathan Kahn 
will take you into an entirely new realm of mystery. You will be taken on a journey from the temples of ancient Mesopotamia to the halls of the American government to uncover the mystery of the gods. Who are the gods? What exactly are they? And is it possible that these ancient entities have returned to the modern world and specifically America? And are they right now transforming our culture, our lives, our children, America, and the world? Did this mystery even determine the rulings of the Supreme Court and the exact dates they were handed down as their ancient sign appeared all over America and the world? Did an ancient God actually manifest on the streets of New York City? What is the Dark Trinity? Who is the Possessor? The Enchantress, the Destroyer, and the Transformer. Where is all this heading? What does it have to do with you? And what do you need to know in view of what's coming? Prepare to be blown away as you open Jonathan Kahn's most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, from Frontline, available online and wherever books are sold. Don Garner from Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what our favorite car brand is. Way too expensive for me. Sorry, I don't make that kind of money. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. We were talking about how America has transformed from a Christian nation to a pagan nation. And how exactly did that happen? Well, let's just dive into it. Let's take a look at what exactly has happened. So the first thing we need to look at happened in 1962 and a Supreme Court ruling which was Elgin versus Vital the Supreme Court ruled that school sponsored prayer in public school violated the establishment clause of the First Amendment the case involved a 22 word non-denominational prayer recommended to school districts by the New York Board of Regents. And here's the prayer that caused this whole controversy. Almighty God, we acknowledge our dependency on Thee, and we beg thou, Thy blessings upon us, our parents, our teachers, and our country. That's all it was. You see, what started this transformation is that we basically kicked God out of our schools and we turned our back on God. That's what we started to do. And what this even says, let's continue with it. The Union Free School District in New Hyde Park, New York, adopted the recommended and instituted 
a practice whereby teachers led students in the prayer every morning. That's what happened in our school districts, in our schools. And it just wasn't in New York. It was across the country. We had teachers leading prayer in their classrooms. Think about that. That's a radical thing by today's standards. We couldn't do that now. I mean, you read reports about how students can't even pray in school without getting in trouble. But here, back before the 19, well, at least 1962, they actually prayed in school. So turning away from God, this is what happened. This is what jump-started the transformation from a Christian nation to a pagan one. Now let's continue. Let's see, who's this person, Elgin? Well, his name is Stephen Elgin and several other parents challenged the officially sponsored prayer as a violation of the First Amendment. Elgin, a Jewish man, believed that the state should not impose a one-size-fit-all prayer upon children of many different faiths and or no faiths. The plaintiff lost before the Supreme Court of, the, of New York in 1959, so it started back in the 50s. It just ended up in the Supreme Court in 1962. The appellate division of the Supreme Court in... Yeah, the, the Supreme Court in, of New York in 1960, the Court of Appeals of New York in 1961, which, well, none of which viewed the prayer practice as the establishment of an official religion. But it got the Supreme Court ruling, and obviously the Supreme Court struck it down. In a ruling, favored the parents in a 6 to one vote. This is what the Supreme Court did. It struck down prayer in our schools. And this is what jump-started the transformation of America from a Christian nation to a pagan one. But that just wasn't it. Let's take a look at some other stuff. Let's look at this piece. Because what also happened in the 1960s. Well, the sexual revolution happened in the 1960s. Now, I came across this little piece that it's entitled The Ten Worst Impacts of the 1960s Sexual Revolution. What exactly were they? Well, let's take a look. This is written by David Alton. Let's see what he says. I was a teenager in the 1960s and saw firsthand the immediate impact of the sexual re revolution. In four years of high school, I was only aware of one girl who got pregnant in school. It was considered a scandal. I spent four years in college, and it seemed as if, as if girls everywhere were getting pregnant before marriage. In 1965, my favorite movie was The Sound of Music. By 1967, I'd been impacted by culture's push 
of a more sexual and my favorite movie changed to The Graduate. Hardly a tale of purity and integrity. It, was, it really was an all-out revolution. Concepts of what is right and what is wrong changed. The primary advocates of the revolution shouted, Freedom, freedom. Let's see what else he says. The boundaries protecting children and the families were torn down, and we were still seeing ten major problems that stemmed from this so-called freedom. Now, what were they? What are they? The first one he talks about, abortion. With the, and this is what he continues with. With sexual freedom comes unwanted pregnancies. There were shotgun weddings, but this was not considered the revolutionary way of dealing with the problem. Some states legalized abortion, but this was made the abortion solution difficult and costly for those who live far away. With Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court made abortion legal across the nation. Since the ruling, more than 62 million babies, now at this point in time, 2023, it is now 64 million unborn babies that have been completely eradicated and aborted. So, but let's continue. 62 million babies have been aborted in the United States. That's like the entire population of California and New York states combined. Think about that. Ever since the 60s, we have basically lost the population of both those states. It's ten times the number of Jews killed by Hitler. If there had been no sexual revolution and no Supreme Court ruling, the number of babies aborted would have been a small fraction of this multitude. Now let's continue with what else he says. The second thing he talks about is unwed births. And that's what he says. In 1960, about, about 3% of white babies and 22% of black babies were born to unwed mothers. Now, it's nearly 30% of whites and 70% for blacks. The freedom to have sex outside of marriage was hu has huge consequences on children. And he continues with what those consequences are, basically saying, Children's raised by single parents tend to do worse in school, tend to live in greater poverty, and tend to wind up in prison. Now, I can attest to that because I was a New York, New York State correction officer. I also was a detention center officer. And I can tell you the amount of people who were in prison and also in that detention center started when they were teenagers, if not younger. And you could see just how long their rap sheets were. And many of them, they had a rap sheet this spanning over at least 10, 20, if not 30 years. So he's completely right about this. Now his third thing, divorce. Divorce rates ab absolutely soared in the 1960s and have remained high ever since. Sexual freedom and sexual facility are polo Polar opposites, but 
even short of this issue of infidelity, divorce itself has become much less of a social stigma. I mean, that's completely true. Now let's see what else he says. The fourth problem, pornography addiction. Do we really need to get into that? I mean, you could just do a search on the Internet and see how many pornographic sites there are out there. And as a matter of fact, there's studies that show that not only do adults, both male and female, have problems with this addiction, but also many people of faith have this problem. Now let's look at number five, sexualizing, or see, sexually objectifying of women or girls. Let's see what he says on this. I grew up with three sisters. They were just siblings, like myself. They, were, they had hobbies, dreams, and goals. The women I saw in the magazines were objective objects. I wasn't interested in their hobbies, hopes, and dreams. They were just naked bodies. And, you know, you think about magazines like Playboy, which were completely pornographic. But there's other ones. Maximum, Stuff, whatever the other magazines are. Sports Illustrated comes out with, every single year, comes out with a swimsuit edition. It's one of their highest-selling magazine covers. They do that for a reason. Let's see. Number six, lousy husband material syndrome. Basically, he says, the sexual revolution's message to me was, you're just an animal with natural drive that must be met. It is not normal to seek satisfaction from one woman for life. Think about that. That should hit you like a ton of bricks. And I'll even go further with that. Lousy husband syndrome. You think about TV shows. Like Al Bundy, is he really the model for what a husband should be? No, he's not. And many other shows, the husband was a complete, either a complete idiot or a complete fool. One of the biggest cartoons in my lifetime was The Simpsons. Homer Simpson although he may be a hard-working man and he will do anything for his family. He is an idiot. Do you look at him as the model of what a husband should be? No, you don't. Number seven, pedophilia. The message of the sexual revolution was if something excites you, then that's just who you are. That's your normal. And this should also hit you like a ton of bricks because in today's life and times, they're actually trying to normalize pedophilia now. You can just do a search and see the news articles trying to normalizing pedophilia and that idea that they're not even they're now starting to not even call it a crime anymore. It is a crime. Plain and simple, if you want to have sex with minors and with children and you're an adult, you need help. Or you need to go to prison because I can tell you right now, you don't want to go to prison as a pedophile and let the other inmates find out that's what you're in there for. 
because they will take care of you. And I'm not, I'm just going to leave it at that because trust me, I have done my fair share of having this protect inmates from the rest of the inmates in that unit who wanted to get to them because you don't mess with children. Even inmates have at least that code of honor between them. Now, let's continue with this. Um, number eight, sex trafficking. The modern sex slaves trade has been built on the sexual revolution, called for freedom. The children, girls, and boys sold to satisfy lust at victims of the sexual revolution. What began with things like the great Woodstock rock concert has morphed into a multi-billion dollar trafficking trade. Hugh Hefner, the Playboy magazine, promised a better world if American culture rejected the bondage of marriage and experienced sexual freedom. There are some wonderful organizations working to set sex slaves free, but what about setting free the customers willing to pay for sex? They are slaves too. The freedom promised by Playboy has become bondage. It should result in prison sentences. And I completely agree with that. Because his number nine is disease. Think of the amount of diseases that are out there that are associated with sex. AIDS being the one that gets the most press because you've talked about how, how celebrities like Freddie Mercury has died from it. I mean, heck, AIDS even got Lonnie Frisbee, who helped start the Jesus Revolution in the 1970s. But let's see. what In my sex ed class of the 1960s, I distinctly recall a video that explained all the horrendous diseases that, could, that you could contract if you participated in, uns well, I'm just going to say unsafe sex because that's basically what he's saying. The video even pointed out that if you got a horrible disease, you could pass it on to someone else. And the sexually transmitted diseases statistics are horrifying. As a child, I even heard of, the, of a homosexual. Now homosexuality has, has its own political and social movement. But its movement bears the scars of the AIDS epidemic. In 2020, so far, AIDS, or HIV, has caused 928,000 deaths. And he compares it to what COVID had done, but in total, 20, we'll see, 32 million people have died of AIDS. That makes, when he says COVID, look like a common cold, which it does. The other one, number 10, paranal, paranal terror. As a child in the 1950s and early 60s, I used to have a bicycle, and I rode and go play with friends, and, I, and we used to go on bike rides all around town. He basically describes how you hear about back in the old days, your parents would basically kick you out of the house, and you would go out for the entire day, and you'd come back 
when the sun was going down. Or, as some people say, when the lights on the streets came on, you knew you had to go back home. Or, in my case, you would hear a whistle because my dad would go out the front porch and all he did was whistle. And his whistle reached miles. And you knew his whistle. And as soon as you heard it, you came running. Well, you can't do that today. Just think about it. How many people go missing? How many children go missing? Because we have sick, demented people that are the byproduct of the sexual revolution of the 1960s. Now, let's continue because there's one other thing that we need to talk about. And that is abortion being legalized because that's one of the major things that really turned America from a Christian nation to a pagan nation because that's exactly what happened in Israel in the Old Testament. When you take a look at some of the things that Israel did in order to go and turn their back on God, one of the things they started to do was sacrificing their kids. Now, let's take a look at this. In the 1970s, Jane Roe, a fictional name used in court documents to protect the plaintiff's identity, filed a lawsuit against Harry Wade, the, the district attorney of Dallas County, Texas, where she resided, challenging a Texan law making abortion illegal except by a doctor's order to save a woman's life. In her lawsuit, Roe alleged that the state law was unconstitutional, vague and unabridged, or abridged her right of personal privacy, privacy, sorry, protecting by the first, fourth, fifth, ninth, and the fourteenth amendments. This also jump started. America going from a pagan or going from a Christian nation to a pagan one because we started to sacrifice our children. Now, I know that since then, Roe versus Wade has been overturned, at least on the federal level, and now it's gone back to the states. But that fight isn't over because you hear, even in the town hall debate that Donald Trump had, it was brought up. And honestly, Donald Trump gave a very poor answer for would he support a federal ban on abortion. He dodged the question. The answer is you should say no because there shouldn't be a federal ban on abortion because the way that the Supreme Court ruling goes now is the issue of abortion has gone back to the states to decide. And if you allow the federal government to decide this issue at any time, depending on who is in charge, it can quickly change back. But if you allow it to stay with the states, every single state can decide what they want to do. Now, there has been some states that have banned it, and for those, I applaud you, because honestly, I'm one of those people that I believe abortion is the biggest sin that has ever occurred in American history. I'm not kidding. It is the biggest sin. It is the cause of 64 million lives 
being sacrificed to the gods of Planned Parenthood. That's more lives than any other war and any other cause. I think 64 million lives need to be forgiven by America. And one of the things we can do is completely ban abortions. Because as long as we as America continue to sacrifice our children, we are no longer a Christian nation. Because God, who is the creator of this world, he is the one that breathed into us the breath of life. And that every single life that he breathes into is precious to him. And for every life that has been taken by abortions is a life that we as a society needs to be forgiven of. We need to repent. We need to turn back towards God. We need to seek God. Because ever since the 1960s, with these things, we have turned away from God and we have continued decade after decade to turn away from God and further go away from God. And as long as we continue down this road, we head down to the road of destruction. But we can repent of these sins. And as long as we as a society repent of these sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of these sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But it's up to us to start it. It's up to us to do it. So if you want America to go back to being a Christian nation, first start repenting for your own sins. Get into the Word of God. Get back into the Bible and believe that Jesus Christ was sent into this world to die for your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved. Be delivered from your demons because that's also a part of it. To continue as a nation, we need to turn back towards God. Or America will continue down the road of destruction. And if you need other ways that can best describe exactly what is going on, this is why I highly recommend you find the book by Jonathan Kahn, The Return of the Gods, because he goes into deeper depths of exactly how these things happened and what has happened since the 1960s to cause America to fall further away from God and what we as a nation need to do in order to repent of that. But we need to go to break. So with that, we'll be right back after this. If I were the devil... If I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the. So I'd set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. 
And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Is it possible that behind the events transforming our culture, our nation, and your life is a mystery that goes back to ancient times? In his most explosive book ever, The Return of the Gods, New York Times best-selling author Jonathan Kahn pulls away the veil and reveals these shocking secrets. Uncover the mystery of the gods and how it's transforming your life. The Return of the Gods, the book you can't afford not to read. Get it online or wherever books are sold. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And this next story should scare the holy you-know-what out of you. Like, you should get some gray hairs after this, or your hair should turn completely white. Because as being reported on by Nature.com, NIH reinstates grants for controversial coronavirus research. Are you ready for this? Because I'm not. 
I thought we already went through this in 2020, but apparently, nope. The U.S. National Institute of Health, better known as NIH, has reinstated a grant to a highly scrutinized research organization that studies bats, coronaviruses. But the agency has placed several stipulation on the scope of the research and the organization's accounting practices. But I don't know about you. This scares even me to think that it's like that whole phrase of like, doing the same thing over and over and get over and over again and expecting different results i mean i also thought that nih wasn't doing this gain of function stuff but let's see what does fox news have to say biden administration restarts bat virus research grant that funded the Wuhan lab, yeah, we found out that the Wuhan lab, yeah, we we funded that crap. Coronavirus testing, let's see what this whole entire thing has to say. Again, the NIH, or the National Institute of Health, has restarted a bat virus research grant. It canceled three years ago under former President Trump's administration. The original 2014 version of the grant funded research into mixing various bat viruses to study severe acute respiratory syndromes, or better known as SARS. The coronavirus that caused an outbreak in the early 2000s, or 2022, the grant also funded research at the COVID virus research lab in Wuhan, China. So apparently, the Biden administration has says, hey, let's get this ball rolling on this stuff. Because not only are they reporting on it, but the Washington Examiner is reporting on this. Biden and Biden's NIH resumes funding group tied to Wuhan coronavirus lab and the outrage that it caused. But I distinctly remember... Dr. Fauci saying that we, as America, we we don't fund gain-of-function research. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what he said. I mean, look at this. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress. And I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing that. I remember hearing Dr. Fauci saying that. And you know what? He seemed pretty defensive. Yeah. He also seemed like he was lying his ass off. I mean, pardon my French, but there's also this. 
Well, Rand Paul is back at it with his criticism of the former chief medical advisor to the president. Senator Paul, who is also a medical doctor, has for the last few years continuously condemned Dr Anthony Fauci for his role in the COVID-19 pandemic. The two of them have been known to get in heated exchanges while under oath at various hearings. But now Rand Paul has told the story that Dr Fauci engaged in an elaborate cover-up of the origins of COVID. Senator Paul said the reason Dr Fauci didn't want any attention drawn to this or to his funding of the lab is that ultimately he would have culpability. There's a responsibility because of the years he had advocated for gain-of-function research. He's even quoted as saying in 2012, if a pandemic should occur, if a scientist should be bitten by an animal and the virus gets out of the lab, it would be worth the knowledge. He continued, Dr Fauci and Dr Collins and others orchestrated a cover-up. There are emails between former National Institute of Health Director Dr Francis Collins and Dr Fauci, in which Dr Collins says this wouldn't be good for China, this wouldn't be good for science, meaning that it wouldn't be be good for the business of science, for the money that changes hands. There's so much going on here and when the American public finally finds out, I mean there's going to be such dissatisfaction in this country like you can't believe. For example, we know that the NIH gave money to American universities who then gave it to military researchers with the title of general or colonel in the Chinese People's Liberation Army. I mean I appreciate what Senator Rand Paul is in fact doing and how he took Dr. Fauci to task over this. But he's not the only senator who thinks Dr. Fauci lied. I was listening to the Rick and Bubba show the other day, and they had Alabama Senator Tommy Turberville, and this is what he said on the Rick and Bubba show. Check this out. Yeah, and Bubba, did you say you talked to him about this deal yesterday? Oh, yeah. The, uh, are, are we really funding research again on COVID in bats? In that sa same did, lab? Didn't we have this happen you already You text once? me, and I've got a health person. Of course, I'm on the health committee. I said, run this up the flagpole. This don't seem right. You're exactly right. We're spending more money on research. In the same lab? In the same lab. Now, here's the problem I have. In Ukraine, we have these gain-of-function labs. The Americans own in Ukraine, where there's bombs and missiles falling every day, there are dangerous viruses there. Same thing in Sudan, where they're fighting right now. We, the Americans, have gain-of-function labs there. And, uh, of course, you can't get the government to talk about it, but I'm talking. And, again, I'm, I'm not you their are, favorite child. Are you going to get in trouble? Every time here? you come on the show, you get in trouble. Every <laughs> time. But, but why do we have them there and not here in the U.S.? Too dangerous. Well, we do have them here in the U.S., so, uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's good. And we have one in Boston. We had one in North Carolina. You really have to watch what you're doing. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. It, it's like a federal prison. I mean, you, it, you oversight's got to be there every day, but there's not enough oversight. We closed the one down. My understanding before I got we closed the one down in North Carolina because it got out of hand. Uh, it's run by, uh, you know, people in the in the in the shade you know right, what I'm saying? Yeah, right you got to be careful we just saw what happened well even in wuhan we had representatives come back before the outbreak and said hey this thing's not secure well fauci said all along in our hearings by the way yeah. that hey we did not fund gain right. of function and he did dead lie yeah absolutely dead lie. And it, and, why isn't he sitting and in a jail cell somewhere well Rand Paul's after him. We just shook the little bulldog after him. <laughs> he is after him. He's been after him, hasn't he? Yeah. He Coach is. and Senator Tommy Tucker. Pretty much the conclusion that we can come to is that Dr. Fauci is a liar. That, in fact, we did fund gain-of-function research in these labs. We caused the COVID-19 
outbreak of 2020. But you know what's even scarier than that? Is to think that maybe this whole gain-of-function research has started again because they need to help President Biden win re-election in 2024. And that how much you want to bet, and I hope and I pray against this, I hope this doesn't happen, but I hope there's not another outbreak of another variant of COVID-19. Honestly, we as Americans need to stop this gain-of-function stuff. Enough's enough. And I think we need to hold those responsible for the COVID-19 outbreak responsible. And the first one is Dr. Fauci. It shouldn't surprise you that I'm wearing my Arrest Dr. Fauci shirt. For those of you that are only listening to the show, that's what I'm wearing. If you watch the show on our Rumble account, it says, Arrest Fauci. There's a big, huge photo of Dr. Fauci because he does deserve to get arrested for lying to Congress under oath. He deserves to serve some prison time for that, but Honestly, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. And it wouldn't surprise me, and it shouldn't surprise you, that if in 2024 there's another outbreak of COVID-19. I hope it doesn't happen, but it wouldn't surprise me. And with that, we'll be right back after this. The future is threatened by enemies often unrelenting. Unexpected and unpredictable. In the midst of an uncertain and evolving world, the need for Marines to defeat these shifting threats is critical. Enemy drones down. Because the need to ensure stability for our nation has never been greater. There are battles to win for America's future. There is one constant. Marines. From the age of eight to the age of 35, 25 years of devil worshiping, my father was a warlock. I was groomed to come into the satanic church to be trained with witches and warlock. I went to hell as a devil worshiper and came back as a Christian. God gave me the gift to expose the enemy to the fullest. I mean, there was no reason for me to in the devil's camp for 25 years of my life and know all the patterns and cycles and give me the wisdom and knowledge to expose the enemy to the church today so you can fight the good fight of faith. God put in my heart to do this amazing spiritual warfare eight weeks training with a workbook. The course is going to train you, it's going to equip you and teach you all the secrets of how the devil operates against the believer. You can be the arrow in God's quiver because when the fight starts, he can pull you out. He can launch you 
into the devil's camp to make havoc and destroy the works of darkness and set the captives free. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Bootcamp at johnramirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. Don Gardner from the Christian Patriot Report. We're going to see what team we're going to be. Phillies. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. And you can watch and listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongardner.weebly.com. And let's go Mets. Welcome back, everyone, to the Christian Patriot Report. And it seems like we're going to have a run on the border because the Biden administration has allowed Title 42 to expire. And it seems like the gun, much like, you know, when you have a race and how someone pulls the gun, you hear that shot, and all of a sudden the people, the track stars, usually start running. Well, that has since has happened on our border, basically. I mean, listen to this report. All right, thanks, Matt. We're now living in a post-Title 42 era along the southern border. Evidence of mass migrant releases seen today in downtown Brownsville. Large amounts of mostly Venezuelan migrants were seen wandering with manila folders containing DHS paperwork after their release from federal custody. In San Antonio today, Fox cameras were rolling as ICE loaded up a deportation flight with illegal immigrants as the agency stresses there are consequences for crossing the U.S. border illegally. As for crossing the border, there were few signs of the chaos that many had predicted. After days of record-setting illegal border crossings, no massive surges were reported immediately after the pandemic-era policy expired. But in the nation's capital, there is no shortage of blame, with Republicans and Democrats accusing each other of creating this scenario. House Republicans did score a win today, muscling through a major border security and immigration bill that includes restarting border wall construction and more border patrol agents. Migrants feel that this administration is not serious when they say they're going to secure the border. Well, the bill has little chance of passing in the Democratic-controlled Senate, and today U.S. officials also confirmed a migrant child died while in government custody. A medical examiner is conducting an investigation into the child's death. And with the Biden administration allowing for Title 42 to expire, this has caused Senator Ted Cruz to go down to the border and shoot this video blasting Joe Biden for the invasion of illegal immigrants in, at the Texas border. Check this out. I'm standing here at our southern border. That's the Rio Grande River right behind me. I'm in Brownsville, Texas. Title 42 is going to expire in just a few hours. We're seeing an invasion at our southern border, and there are right now over 22,000 illegal immigrants right across the river. You can see the lights. You can see people camping out. You can see a fire right there. If you look, you can see them. They're waiting. They're waiting for Title 42 to expire. And then the invasion we're going to see is going to be massive. We already have the worst illegal immigration in the history of our country. 
and in just a few hours it's getting worse. Joe Biden, this is your fault. The people who are killed crossing illegally, that's your fault. The women who are sexually abused crossing illegally, that's your fault. The children who are brutalized crossing illegally, that's your fault. The people dying of drug overdoses, over 100,000 last year, that is your fault. Come down here, President Biden. Stop hiding in the basement. Stop pretending this misery is not your fault. Stop it. This is not humane. This is not compassionate. This is cruel. And Ted Cruz is really fired up about this. And he's really taking Joe Biden and the Biden administration to task for this. And he has continued. I mean, he's even called the border a travesty before Title 42 had expired. Check this out. We are witnessing an absolute travesty unfolding on our southern border. On Monday, we apprehended over 10,000 people on the border, the highest level in history. On Tuesday, we apprehended over 10,000 people on the border, again, the highest level in history. There are right now, when we're standing, more than 22,000 people camped just south of the border, getting ready to come across. Just in this location, in less than a month, we've had over 35,000 Venezuelans cross illegally just right here, not counting the whole rest of the border. Every day, just right here, they're encountering, encountering 90 to 100 Chinese nationals. Now, for anyone that doesn't have their globe nearby, China is not immediately to the south of the United States. But 90 to 100 a day are crossing illegally on this border, being smuggled in by Mexican drug cartels. And, and I have to say I am angry because this is deliberate. This is a decision that was made by President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and congressional Democrats to open up the border to what is nothing less than an invasion. I mean, Ted Cruz has even taken reporters to task who wanted to challenge him on his position, on what he could have done better as a senator from Texas. Check this out and what he says to this reporter. And, 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 and let, let, me, let me supplement the answer. Let me, let me supplement the answer to that. Let me supplement the answer to that, which is we saw back there a couple of hundred people that were sitting there being processed. But they've right now, the Biden administration has sped up their processing so that they can process an illegal immigrant in about two minutes. They are sending 40 or more buses a day, full buses, full of illegal immigrants to detention facilities. So as fast as they scan them in, they pull out a phone, they scan their documents, they take whatever they say, name, age, what country you're from, and boom, they put them on a bus and send them to facilities. To give you a sense, the facilities here can hold roughly 4,600 people. Yesterday they had 7,000. So you know what they did? They had to release hundreds of people, just release them into the communities. And you know, a minute ago you asked about what other states are doing for South Texas. I appreciate that. Because, look, South Texas is bearing the brunt of this. What the Biden administration is doing to South Texas is wrong. The hospitals here are full. The prisons here are full. The schools here are full. The farmers and ranchers see the dead bodies every day from this travesty. And all Joe Biden wants to do is have more people come illegally.
So that's a ridiculous and silly question. I want to commend you for being the media and telling a Democrat policy. So let me ask you something. Come on, man. That's been going on for 20 years. Oh, okay, okay. Hey, let, 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 me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? Do you know anything? I asked you a question. Do you know anything? How long have you been in office? I've been in office 11 years now. Okay. Except your Okay, you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You, you asked your question. You don't get. You want to hold a press conference? You can do it over there. You want to hold a press conference? You can do it over there. How are you? Right, so, so hold on. I'm going to answer his question. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision and they turn a blind eye. If you want to know just how much they turn a blind eye, six weeks ago in the Judiciary Committee, I questioned Alejandro Mayorkas. I put up a poster board of colored wristbands. And I asked him, Mr. Secretary, what are these colored wristbands? And he said, I don't know. I have no idea. That was the one bit of his testimony that truly shocked me because just about every illegal immigrant who crosses the border is wearing a colored wristband. They correspond to how many thousands of dollars the immigrants owe the cartels. And the fact that Mayorkas doesn't even know what they are, if you stand on the banks of the Rio Grande River, as I have done many times, you see hundreds or thousands of these wristbands laying in the ground. Sir, I don't know if you stood there, but I know Mayorkas hasn't because he didn't know what the wristbands were. And that means he hasn't talked to the Border Patrol agents either. It is immoral. And when those kids cross, the teenage boys who owe thousands of dollars to the cartels, the Biden administration flies them to every city in America. They fly them to Kansas. And there those teenage boys are forced to work for the Mexican drug cartels committing crimes to pay off the money they owe. And if they don't pay it off, they'll murder their families. And I'll tell you, as bad as the boys have it, the girls have it worse. There are thousands upon thousands of teenage girls trapped in sex slavery. And yet, for those of you in the media who don't report on that, you should be ashamed. This is evil. And the reason you don't see any Democrats here is they can't defend this. They're counting on the press not to cover it. I don't know about you, but you don't take on Senator Ted Cruz in a debate like that because he has done everything in his power to fix the problems at the border. He has done that. And the Republicans have done exactly what they can do. But here's the thing. The Republicans could pass anything they want in at least the House of Representatives. They don't have the Senate. But even if, let's say, the House of Representatives start and they write a bill and they send it to the Senate, the Senate will not pass it because the Democrats don't 
want to fix the problem at the border. They don't. They want an open border policy. That is just what the Democrats are all about. Now, even President Donald Trump has addressed this issue of Joe Biden causing Title 42 to expire. This is what he said about the issue. Check this out. With today's termination of the final remnants of Title 42, Joe Biden has officially abolished what remained of America's borders and turned the United States into a dumping ground for illegal aliens from all over the world. We've become a third world nation. At this very moment, illegal aliens are lined up by the tens of thousands ready to break into our country, knowing that even if they are caught, Joe Biden will order them immediately released into American communities. And many of these people are very dangerous. Under Biden, our border is gone. Our sovereignty is gone. Our national security is gone. And we are quickly becoming that third world nation that I've been talking about for so long. It's happening to us, if you can believe that. The United States of America is now a third world nation. On day one of my new administration, I will end this travesty and restore the sovereign borders of the United States of America. We will immediately resume expedited removals of people that are crossing illegally our border. And following the model of President Eisenhower, we will use all necessary federal, state, local, and military resources to begin the largest domestic deportation effort in American history, to send the border violators back to their home countries, and we will do that immediately. This invasion will not stand. Our country is being invaded. Our country is being destroyed by very, very stupid people. These are stupid people. We have to get them out. We have to take back the White House. Thank you very much. Only time will tell exactly what is going to happen with Title 42 expiring. Will conservatives and what the Republicans are saying about the Democrats be true? That really all the Democrats want to do is flood this country with as many illegal aliens as possible so that these illegal aliens will keep them in power in the 2024 and future elections. Because another so-called, from a liberal perspective, is a conspiracy theory, is the idea that liberals would love nothing more than to turn Texas blue. Because many of these illegal aliens are flooding into Texas. So think about it. Here's the conspiracy theory, and here's the idea, that if they flood enough illegal immigrants into Texas, it'll turn that state blue over a course of time. That, if they turn it blue, then there's nothing the Republicans can do, at least in the Electoral College part of of, of the election, there's nothing the Republicans can do to win the election by the Electoral College. Because the Democrats will then have the three top populated states of New York, California, and Texas. That's a lot of Electoral College votes. So think about it. 
Is that really too hard to believe that that's what the Democrats would want? Because remember, I've always said the ends, when it comes to a liberal, the ends always justify the means. So if this is their way of trying to remain in power and try to eliminate even the Electoral College, because that is how they lost the election in the 2016 presidential election to Donald Trump. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, but Donald Trump won the Electoral College vote because he won more states. So the Democrats would love nothing more than to get rid of the Electoral College because when Donald Trump won, that is one of the things they said is let's take a look at the Electoral College and let's eliminate it. They did say that after the 2016 presidential election when Donald Trump won. They were looking into what they could do to eliminate the Electoral College and then say that the President of the United States, at least that election, is decided by a popular vote. There are some people that believe that. There's other people that don't. There's a reason that the Electoral College exists, and we're not going to get into that debate about it because I believe the Electoral College is very important for not only this country but for states that don't have a huge population. At least the Electoral College allows them to have a voice and be able to cause change, much like the big states like Texas and New York and California. But only time will tell exactly what's going to happen. But I can tell you right now, Democrats are not going to fix this problem. And honestly, I don't even believe Donald Trump is going to be able to fix this problem. Because here's the cold, hard truth when it comes to Donald Trump. I know he did a lot for the border, and I know, as, as Senator Cruz said, the, there was the lowest in immigration, at least those getting across the border, that there has ever been. But Donald Trump could have done more than just that. There's a lot of promises when it comes to the border and border security that Donald Trump promised the American people that he didn't fulfill all those promises in the four years that he was president. Now, he did a lot, but he didn't do everything he said he was going to do. And once again, what makes me believe that Donald Trump this time is going to fulfill every single promise that he says? Because he already said in the town hall meeting, in, in the CNN town hall meeting the other day, other day he said that as a campaign person running for president, he promised certain things that he can't do as president. I mean, take a look at this. You once said that using the, that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You, you said that when sure. you were in the That's Oval Office. That's when I was president. To, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> I mean, just take a look at that clip. There's two Donald Trumps. There's a Donald Trump that... This is what he says when he's not president. And then he implies that there's another Donald Trump 
when he becomes president. So pretty much he'll say one thing, but when he becomes the president, he'll do another. And honestly, I honestly cannot trust that a, a, that Donald Trump's going to do anything that he says or promises. His track record is terrible. He delivered on many promises that he made back in 2016, but there's a lot of things that he didn't promise, that he didn't fulfill. So the thing that you should ask yourself is, do you honestly believe that President Donald Trump's going to be able to fix this immigration problem? I mean, I know that clip was about the debt ceiling, but can he really fix this immigration problem? Because he didn't do it when he was president. He didn't finish the wall like he said he was going to do. And think about this. Everything Donald Trump did in the four years that he was president, it took Biden one year to destroy. So he could do everything he, he says he's going to do. But if it takes one year for a Democrat to destroy everything a Republican builds, maybe what we need is a Republican president version of President Biden, who just steamrolls ahead and accomplishes everything he can do, that can overturn everything that the Democrats have done, because that seems to be what the trend is. Everything the Republicans build, with as soon as the power turns over to the Democrats, they completely destroy it. And everything the Democrats do, Republicans don't try to destroy. I mean, that's how we ended up with Obamacare, right? I mean, you notice that Trump didn't do anything to stop that, and he said he would. Trust me. I, I, know that CN, I know that there are people that say that Donald Trump did so well in that CNN town hall meeting, and he did. But honestly, there were moments in that, C, in that town hall meeting that just confirmed in me that I'm not going to be able to vote for Donald Trump in the, in the Republican primary. I'm looking for somebody else because I don't trust that Donald Trump is going to be able to do everything he says he's going to do. And let's face it, he's going to let his mouth run and try to uh, write checks that I guarantee you he's not going to be able to cash because this is what Donald Trump does. And I'm looking for someone, a politician, that has a little bit more integrity than what Donald Trump has. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. And with that, we'll be right back after this. Right now, the times we're in, the devil, is he has brought up his arsenal against the church, against the believer. But we need to know one thing, that the abilities of the enemy doesn't take away from the authority that God has given us. You want to be Christian with God's best, filled with the, not only with the Holy Spirit, but filled with the arsenals of heaven. The mind of spiritual warfare, the mind of the good soldier, the one that had been enlisted in the army of God. That's what I'm teaching you in spiritual warfare. I'm teaching you the training. I'm teaching you what you need to know in your life to get you to the finish line. We need to let the devil know that we ain't playing. If you want to walk with the Lord Jesus Christ and really be armed and dangerous, man, you need to take this course. You need to be part of something that's going to teach you how to dismantle, disarm every demonic attack over your life. 
it's going to set you free and it's going to equip you and it's going to get you to the place that God wants you to be. You have a purpose and a destiny. Put it in your arsenal. Put it in your life. Put it in your spirit and be what God called you to be. Special up. It's time to fight. It's time to win. God's counting on us to bring the fight to the enemy. Sign up for the Spiritual Warfare Boot Camp at JohnRamirez.org. Sign up today and learn how to take the fight to the devil. For every generation, it has started with the call to serve. Discovering the purpose and the belonging earned with the title. Learning to dig deep and push through adversity together. Defending our nation and its people. It is a life of great worth and reward. But Marines are never really finished serving. Their commitment comes full circle, visible in communities across our country. This is Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Always Marine, marking a path for the next generation. Don Graham from Christian Patriot Report. We're going to try this again and see what team we get. There you go. There you go. Let's go, Mets. Let's go, Mets. Make sure you listen to the Christian Patriot Report at dongarden.weebly.com. That's our show for today, and I want to thank those of you that take the time to either watch or listen to the show. And one of the things I just wanted to highlight during this short time that we have is on our website at dongardner.weebly.com, that's W-E-E-B-L-Y.com, we do have a social media page, which we just, let's just take a look at this. We you can actually go to dongardner.weebly.com forward slash social media. And you can actually just take a look at the social media sites that we have. Uh, we have, for example, we just started, well, not started, but we have, we're on Facebook now. We're on a Facebook page, so you can like that. We also have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have we have YouTube, but let me tell you something. I, I started to 
upload little clips of the show on our YouTube channel. And apparently got a strike. Yeah. YouTube didn't like one of the videos that I uploaded. And we since we still have our YouTube channel. But I don't exactly know when we're going to be able to upload another video. So that's a, it's a good thing that we have a site like Rumble because that's our backup channel. We also have that on our social media site. You can go subscribe to our Rumble channel because apparently, as of right now, that's the only channel that we can upload videos to because YouTube has decided to censor us. So, because they didn't like what we had to say, and what we had to say, you can actually check it on our Rumble account. And I'll actually highlight the exact video that caused the problem with us on YouTube. If you go to our Rumble account, rumble.com slash user slash EIP network. The video titled, Democrats are coming for your children. You'll see in a parentheses, it says this video is too honest for YouTube because that's the video that caused the strike on YouTube. That's the video that YouTube didn't like. And if you watch it, you'll see why because we're brutally honest about exactly what the Democrat Party, or should I say Democrat Party, is doing to our children, which I covered in our last show, which was called A Liberal's Paradise in a, is a World Without Fossil Fuels. During that show, which was episode 13, I talked about exactly what the Democrats, Democrats, are doing to our children. It was that entire segment, and that caused YouTube to go, no, we don't like that. We're going to take it down. We're going to have a strike, and now you can't upload videos. So, But we're also on Getter. We're also on TikTok. We're also on Truth Social, and I'm not exactly sure what other social media sites. But go to dongardner.weebly.com. Go click on the link that says social media. Go check out those social media sites. Like us, follow us, subscribe to us, whether it's on YouTube and, and on uh, even Rumble. Just follow, like, and if you are listening to the show on wherever you get your podcast, look, follow us, follow, follow us wherever you get your podcast. A, uh, make sure you rate and review the podcast. We would definitely appreciate that. That's completely free. And, of course, we're trying to work on other things as far as trying to get sponsors and trying to get advertising and stuff like that. But for those of you that take the time to just listen to the show or watch the show, however way you do that, we appreciate it. And we definitely would appreciate those of you that continue to share our content, whether it's on our website or whether it's on our social media sites or it's the show that you're watching or listening to. We definitely appreciate you taking the time to listen and then also to share. That's one of the ways that you can support us, and we definitely appreciate it and thank you for your support. And with that being said, I'm Don Gardner. This has been the Christian Patriot Report. May God bless you. May God bless America. May God make America godly again. May a spiritual revival break out in this country. May this country turn back towards God and reconnect with God in such a way that it rivals all other revivals in the history of the world. Bye-bye, everybody.